0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas, powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, I'm Philip C. And on today's Breakfast grill we put in the spotlight Yayasan Pendidikan Pandidika and Bumiputra, the agency under the Ministry of Economy to enable beneficiaries to secure better jobs and higher incomes. Ibrahim Sani joins us at its Frenchly minted CEO to discuss what he got himself into. And good morning. Welcome back to the studio. How does it feel like to be on the other side? You know,
1: I've, I've been grilling people for like over two years when I was working here <laughs> and now I feel that the day has come for me to face my reckoning. So I Oh, am,
0: for goodness sake. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm just uh, I'm just hoping for the best here right now.
0: <laughs> but surely your time at BFM must have been filled with deep love and affection. And speaking of love, Valentine's Day is, I think, about 20 over days. Yayasan Pinaraju celebrates 12 years in operation. Correct me if I'm wrong, you've graduated over 65,000 65, beneficiaries.
1: 65,000 beneficiaries, uh, 7 more thousand this year, so we're looking at over 70,000. So the question is, how have they done? You see, we have to address the bigger uh, problem here right now. Boom um, Putras formed the largest professional class. They formed the largest middle class uh, and uh, one of the big reasons why we got to this number, uh, not just the 70,000 but generally speaking population wise, is because of the ability for us to create an upward social mobility for Bumpu Trust through direct government interventions uh, in the realm of education. Um, anywhere from sekolah berasrama penuh or MRSM mm. or JPA or yes or any of those items, over the years and over the decades, we have built this particular large mass. However, the problem of uh, perceived uh, lacking ability for us to have a greater say in the economy, be it through the participation of the economy or through the um, control of the economy, is still prevalent. And this is largely because while we are able to create this middle class of Biputras and professional class of Biputras, we do not still have the
0: mechanism to create greater participation and control of Biputras in the economy. Give us the numbers, right, in terms of that 65 plus now 72,000, right? How has that translated to high incomes for them? Have we got any evidence that the money pumped in, you know, to these beneficiaries has actually translated to return on investment?
1: So every single program we have or created, the focus has always been on the outcome and the impact. And that's mm-hmm. why before any programmes that is being been rolled out over the past 12 years, what we do is that we create a traces study mechanism that is baked into the programme. Every time they sign on to be a recipient of the uh, 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 funding programmes that they take with us, uh, they also have to accept the fact that they have to disclose their uh, band of salary. They also have to update us on the areas or the uh, occupation that they are holding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also have to report to us on a uh, quarterly basis or even an annually basis in terms of their upward social mobility, if yeah. any. This is to ensure that the tracer study is able to capture the gap of what they were earning before, yeah. prior to getting our uh, uh, scholarships, to after. As well as where they belong in the workplace, whether or not they are being correctly employed in the sector that we train them mm. in, mm. or whether or not they are underemployed. And even if they are underemployed, how
0: do we capture that particular moment? Sure so what does the data say right you've done this traces piece how much has the income improved by? The income has improved uh, uh, greatly uh, based on the thrust that we do. that percentage, number?
1: Uh, okay, hang on. Uh, we are delivering our programmes through five different thrusts. Yep. So it's important for us to distinguish how what is the inca- income uh, increment by the thrust. We start off with the education thrust, or TUNAS. Uh, here, we train people in the academic sector, uh, especially from students in the high school sector, as well as some teachers. Some of them have become teachers themselves. This has seen a mild uh, increment in terms of income. From the professional thrust, where we train um, CFA charter holders, ICAEW charter holders, uh, ACCA, CIMA and the likes, their income has grown tremendously by double actually. Mm-hmm. Um, for other thrusts, including uh, specialists, uh, where we train medical officers to become specialists in family medicine, as well as internal medicine, the numbers are still coming in because it's a new thrust that we've only generated uh, or introduced two years ago, along with the fourth thrust, which is the technology thrust, where we train data scientists, data analysts, data modelists, analysts, cybersecurity experts, the numbers are still trickling in. Uh, the fifth trust is one of the most important ones that we look at right now, which is uh, the TVET or Skills Trust. Uh, this is the most uh, varied in terms of number, increment of salary, largely because the uh, industry is covering th- through a wide swath of uh, training uh, from uh, welders to high quality welders, diving welders, uh, underwater welders to scaffolding, to char- charge men, to boiler men and the like. And this is the area where we... we. We are having some Mm -hmm. form of difficulty in ascertaining which uh, income group is getting more. But whatever it is, through all the five trusts, we are uh, tracking each and
0: Mm -hmm. every single uh, income increment. Because it's a fair point that, you know, with these five thrusts, you expect different ROIs, right? Something like Tunas for sure. The benefit is more greater than just the income itself, while we of course expect the professional to do very well. Um, You know, when you talk about the double the income of the professional, that means that the payback is within how many years then? For that specific
1: area. Uh, For us to look at this uh, concept of payback, Mm i.e. for every ringgit that we invest, how much do we make back? This direct translation may not necessarily be the most optimal way to measure success of what we do. Just like how we would like to argue that, you know, what is the payback for any of these uh, corporates that give up uh, found, uh, studies, uh, scholarship studies through their foundation. It's extremely hard for us to quantify every money spent. What we can do is try to see how much of these middle income uh, groups that we have trained uh, to be able to be three leaders. We call it the concentric tricycle leaders. Uh, the uh, human capital leaders, the social leaders and the economic leaders. Through the These mechanisms of trying to ascertain which type of leader that person is, particularly those that have come out through our doors, the 65,000 or 70,000 this year,
0: only then do we know if what we do have that kind of ROI. So break down the 70,000 number into these five thrusts, right? Where do they do- most of them dominate? Are they mostly at the skill thrust?
1: They are. In fact, if I can share with you some of the numbers, uh, over 35,000 belong the TVET or skills thrust. Mm. Uh, 16,000 or 17,000 is in the education trust. For the professional trust, the very first thrust that we do, uh, which is the uh, chartered accountants, uh, we're looking at over 12,000 this year. The rest are spread between specialist and technology thrust. Mm. However, we also need to understand where do we take our uh, role moving forward? Uh, because I expect much of these um, trainings that we give might not necessarily be relevant in the near future. Uh, so we are in the process of rethinking about what we deliver to the public, especially when there are issues of, say, for instance, um, uh, public uh, sector uh, job uh, perjawatan uh, or, or job placement. Um, we can't grow, for instance, the specialist trust, the medical trust, not because we don't have trainers or training The opportunities institutes. are not there. Yes, it's mm. not there. Yeah. And this is a problem of both the health ministry as well as JPA mm. and SBA. So we can't grow that particular thrust moving forward. But for technology thrust, for instance, this is a big area of growth. And we would like to double down our bets
0: here yeah. Look, I don't have any dispute. Looking at even your list of programs in technology, you really try to do a lot of things, AI, machine learning. I think that's not the issue, right? The opportunities maybe doesn't mismatch. But if you just focus on the vocational thrust, right, which is actually where the mass is going to sit, right? And you did mention the challenges of how do you kind of address the return there? How do you kind of get people to move up the income? That is the biggest central challenge for the B40, M50s and M40s. And how do you get that? skill thrust actually moving much better and actually tracking the results there much more efficiently.
1: Yeah. um, I would like to ask you your question on Mm. this because uh, for this I need to understand the specific area of concern. Mm. Largely because uh, when we look at upskilling Buenputra talents in the realm of TVET there are specific requirements that industry needs that while we train them that might not necessarily be the requirement in the future this is why we have to ask ourselves do we really want to continue to be in TVET training Mm. Uh, Uh, And that uh, question has been answered uh, internally. We only want to focus on high growth, high value TVET areas, specifically within three sectors uh, that is in tandem with our large um, agenda by the government or the uh, Kerajaan Madani. Uh, One of them is, of course, the area of uh, energy transition. uh, Because energy transition is going to be a big deal moving forward for the country, and therefore the areas of concern will be in the areas of renewable energy, uh, electric vehicles, uh, advanced materials, carbon Capitalization and storage or CCUS. Another area of high-skill, high-value TVET area that we look at is digital and technology-based HGHV industries, especially those that are in the catalytic industries, new industries that we have yet to be able to grasp our uh, training programmes at because if the industries are not available yet, it's very hard for us to determine what is needed Mm, there. mm. A third area of the HGHV uh, TVET industry training that we do is in the agro-based HGHV industry or the agriculture-based where some of the area that focus would be agro-commodity, agro-food, and smart farming. These are where we look at modernizing and increasing productivity.
0: So there's so many things, actually. If I look and listen to you, right, it's a plethora of all these, you know, different opportunities Ways of, you know, developing yourself and driving skills. Do you think the central problem here is that actually the availability to do skill development is there, but the will and the interest to do it is not there? Do you think there's a gap there? Do you think there's a skill and will gap, you know, in terms of signing up to these programs? The
1: data suggests otherwise. Every Mm -hmm. time you open an enrollment, especially in Semenanjung, Malaysia, Mm -hmm. the enrollment is easily 10x from what we can Mm -hmm. offer the spots in any of the thrusts, by the way. The problem is also uh, in getting enrollment from Sabah and Sarawak, to be frank. Mm. Uh, in fact, some of the digital, digital programmes that we roll out in Sabah and Sarawak, if we have, say, for instance, 50 seats to offer, um, very recently we worked with SDEC or the Sarawak Devel- um, Development of uh, Digital Economy uh, Corporation uh, and with Scenic in Sabah, um, where we look at the Sabah Creative uh, Economy uh, body. Uh, the enrollment is low. And when we investigated further, especially after I joined and I spent a little bit more time in Kucheng, KK, in Samporna, in Tawau and the like, it's not easy getting enrollments there, largely because there are no industries supporting these kind of jobs there. So mm. if they do want to think about enrolling with our programmes in Sabah and Sarawak, particularly in the areas of technology and uh, TVET, they also have to ask themselves, are they willing to relocate? This is a big question that many uh, do not want to uh, relocate.
0: It's a fair point, right? And that's why it's so important to tag with industry, isn't it? So that we actually allow that transition to the end state, isn't it? How much of your program is actually tied to industry? Because Every single program
1: is tied to the industry. So it's that like
0: guaranteed kind of like upside potential, a job that's actually done when you participate in this program.
1: In fact, that is one number that I'm uh, I'm particularly proud of, of what yeah, Sampana Raju has been doing, mm. which is uh, getting above ninety per, 95% in some in some thrust, uh, job employment. So essentially what I'm trying to say is if you get a, a funding programme from your yes Raju, you are guaranteed a job after. This is the point that we're trying to make because we have to make sure that everything gets spent is spent to a point where you can actually earn after that. This is one of the biggest areas of concern that we have to remember in rolling out new programmes in the future. If there are no jobs made available for
0: you, we will not be training that particular mm.
1: programme offering that program
0: to the public There's a lot of talk that you have a lot of programs I mean I've seen this number 500 over programs floating around I'm sure not all program works right. I'm sure there are some duds. There are some that really are successful. You know, are you going to cull some of these programs going forward? It is
1: in the process. In Mm. fact, uh, I've already culled over 100 programs. We're looking at 500 programs that is on the table. 100 is is already killed, as simple as that. Uh, The number is going to go down even further, largely because we want to make sure that every single training that we do has that optimization element. The question now is, are we going to cull programs that might not necessarily be important for us today, but might be important for us later on? That question has to be put into a lot of thought, and in order to do that, we have to also ask ourselves where is the direction of the country moving forward in terms of the jobs requirement from the particular skills that we train right
0: now. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and return after these messages with Ibrahim Sani from ASM Panaraju, Pendidikan Bumi Putra. Stay tuned, BFM eighty nine point nine. You are listening to the Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U Mobile, Malaysia's number one five G network. Welcome back. I'm Phil C. And joining me for a Breakfast grill conversation is Ibrahim Sunny from YSM Penaraju Pendidikan Bumi Putra. Ibrahim, you've been in the job for, I think, less than 100 days, freshly minted. You know, what's working, not working? What's working or not working is very
1: simple. Uh, we need to understand that uh, while we have a large Bumiputra professional class and a large middle class of Bumiputra, uh, we need to ask ourselves what can we do to harness value from the 70,000 graduates that we have created over the past 12 years. Many of us are still asking ourselves if we are continuing to earn salary, i.e. continue to draw the big bucks, it still means that we're not creating value and wealth for the country through the areas of entrepreneurship and participation of the economy. This is why we, uh, we ask ourselves every day since I joined, how do we create wealth creators and value creators within uh, our Boon Putra ecosystem? Not just the 70,000 that we have, but generally at large. Um, one of the areas of concern is that there is this boogeyman notion that if uh, the Boon Putras are not controlling the economy, who does? I think we have to ready our uh, framework or mindset in that the threat to greater economic participation and greater economic control isn't the non-Bumiputras. It's actually global competitiveness. We have mm. to ask ourselves, how can we equip our 70,000 scholars to be able to be competitive, bring a little bit more uh, solutioning to uh, the global requirements and to be competitive uh, at an economical uh, and bring economies of scale to the solution that they bring to the global markets. That's an area of concern mm. for me. So right if
0: now. the threat is not the Bumiputra, why is this program then just Targeted at the bumiputra, then.
1: we look at how mm. we need to address the upskilling and reskilling process of this big target group. Mm. Imagine Is there a big
0: skill gap between bumiputra and non-bumiputra? Previously,
1: yeah. yeah. Now, look, some of the numbers are quite impressive. Um, when uh, Yasem Praju was incepted 12 years mm. ago, only 10 percent of CFA charter holders are bumiputra. Only 10%. So 90% mm-hmm. are non-Bumis, yeah? ten uh, This is 2013. Uh, roll over to 2024, the number is now 17%. That 7% uh, increment is actually mostly attributable to uh, CFA that is being paid for by Yassan uh, Peneraju for Bumiputra scholars. Mm-hmm. Iva- I- imagine if we did not intervene in the CFA program we would still be in the quack money of having a 10% Bhumiputra holder of CFA. This is just one example. Yeah.
0: So in your view, right? at what point can we make these distinctions obsolete between Bumiputra and non-Bhumiputra? What are the markers for us to make this obsolete?
1: The markers are very simple. If we feel that there is equity that is being created by Bhimputra, uh participation and control of the economy, then that marker is dissipated. The issue here is on how do we ensure that the solutioning that we bring to the market, i.e. wealth creators and value creators amongst putras are at par with what the global market needs, not necessarily localised at what we have versus the non-boomies have. That's not the point right now. The point is we are failing at trying to be competitive globally or regionally, in fact.
0: That is the part. I mean, the challenge is that you know, you are one agency that working, works very hard. But if you look at the budget, so many agencies are doing all sorts of work, perhaps even falling over each other, right? Overlapping. Do you struggle to reconcile what each one does? Because I'm sure if you look at the agency, there's all sorts of funds done us to actually help Bumi Putra empowerment, right? From entrepreneurs to skill gap. How do you reconcile the respective roles for each one of them? Or is uh, it just impossible?
1: No, it's not impossible. It's uh, being done. In fact, we distinguish ourselves quite clearly compared to other uh Bhumi Putra agencies or bumiputra mandated agencies um, and of course uh, having less doesn't mean it's better uh, just like in the marketplace mm. uh, a lot more um, service providers do provide that idea of competitiveness or at least benchmarking between one another to see which one does better. Uh, concentration or monopolistic element of uh, delivering service does not provide efficiency sometimes it does mm. provide So you, you, do, you
0: do think there must be some availability of choice right across yeah. the board? So mm. one
1: must understand what, what, what one is mandated to do. Mm. If you look at the uh, talent ecosystem amongst Buniputras, there's a few. One of them is MyPAC that delivers accounting programs. Another one is PNB that has a lot of programs within it through their yeah, Sun PNB. Uh, we look at Mara, a big big part of Malaysian uh, Buniputra ecosystem in SCAN as well. And we are there. We are part of that Buniputra talent ecosystem. But in terms of upskilling and reskilling in the realm of high value, high growth areas, including that of, say, professional um, uh, certifications as well as technology certifications and medical spe- uh, uh, certifications, we're the only one in that space another area of concern is on developing the micro SME ecosystems particularly in the Wimputra ecosystem we have PNS Teraju Aquina, just to name a few Cradle Mara again we have Tabung Haji all of those are still delivering value in creating that kind of uh, micro and small and medium sized enterprise uh, ecosystem that's not necessarily an idea that we want to uh, delve into because we have our sister agency within Comitra Economy which is Teraju to do that so Teraju is clearly mandated to do that through their programmes and we have a big one coming up uh, this March uh, uh, where there is a Congress Economy Boonputra that is going to be debating all of these issues in the micro SME mm. space. And finally, we have the uh, boonputra mandated agencies at large, uh, including PHB, UDA uh, we have uh, PNB, Venture Tech, and many more. So as you can see, while we have many of these agencies, they are clearly demarcated to do what they are mandated to do. The question is in terms of how efficient is their delivery process.
0: Exactly right. I mean, we have clear demarcations, but shouldn't we just unify them to have one very clear coordinated body? so that actually everybody can just go to that one source, right? And just disseminate the work. When everybody casts out their own little niches to do different things, it does create overlaps. It does create inefficiencies, right? Right that's the n-
1: nature of things when you have uh, a plurality of service providers I do mm. agree with you there however I might not necessarily subscribe to the view that everything must be
0: you know not fully into everything but it feels like what you mentioned just now was just a plethora like multiple right feeling and, yeah. or stepping over each other
1: no 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 yeah. uh, stepping over each other does not happen uh, when you have multiple agencies coordinating and making things efficient would be the problem that's right so the issue here is on how do we maximize or optimize uh delivery of these uh, mm-hmm. services that they have been mandated to do at least within the uh, economy ministry under YB Rafizi Ramli uh, the three mandated Wimputra agencies Aquinas Teraju and SSM Teraju we are very clear and demarcated very well in terms of what we need to do uh, we provide as inya provides talent and, and provides an ecosystem where they can grow better uh, Teraju provides that ecosystem of micro smes to deliver better value in terms of creating wealth creators amongst Wimputras, and Aquinas Play in that PE space uh, in order for us to grow or bring that uh, uh, next uh, stage of investments into BIMPTRA companies so we're clear in computer uh, economy I can't speak to that to the rest of the uh, other BIMPTRA agencies in other ministries mm-hmm. but within our family of the uh, economy ministry we are clear and it's very important for us to distinguish the role of uh, the uh, economy ministry because while we are also developing policies for the rest of the ministries and the government to adopt we are also executing some of the policies that we create and this is a big challenge for people like us, the Raju Aquinas, as well as Yasapun Raju, because we have to walk the talk, especially in terms of developing the policies and making sure that the policies are being piloted to a point where it is executable in the most efficient and optimal mm-hmm. manner.
0: So, I mean, we've talked about the past 12 years. You've got these 70 over thousand, right? What do you think the next 12 years will look like? Do you think you expect you to double the number of beneficiaries or even move more faster or actually improve the quality of the actually Wage generation that comes. I hope we can close number. down
1: something, yes, Raju. Let's be frank here. By because when, we when are... do you
0: want to close it down, and what is the measure of success for all you right. to be So obsolete? we have
1: this uh, table uh, of uh, critical job employment, mm. um, and this table of job employment where we list down chartered accountants, chartered financial advisors, um, data analysts, data modellers, and the like. We list down all of that uh, uh, the jobs that is required by the industry and by the country, and then we benchmark in terms of what the number should be. And here we go to uh, the regulating agencies. Uh, or the regulating bodies of these specific uh, specific jobs. Say, for instance, accountants, we go to MIA. They normally come up with an arbitrary number. Say, for instance, we need one chartered accountant for every 30,000 Malaysian. It's an arbitrary number. There's no right or wrong. Fine, we'll go with that. And then we look at the number of people within that particular uh, job sector. So now we benchmark against, say, for instance, we need 60,000 chartered accountants. Mm -hmm. How many do we have? Within that, we look at uh, the number of Buimpu within that particular job sector. When we see there is a near- zero number of BIMPUTRA talents in that particular critical job sector that is provided for by the market, then we see that there is a role for us to play, which is to enter and intervene and grow that particular sector in terms of creating more BIMPUTRA talents. That's what we are doing right now. The question now is, assuming all the job sectors are done, assuming we have the numbers that is required in this particular job sector, we cease to exist and that's fine. The question now is that that necessity is still needed today. And that's why we have to continue
0: to be operational today. Based on forward. what you see in the trajectory, are you seeing this obsoleteness next century or even within this? Decade?
1: It's hard to say. Just two years ago, we didn't know that we needed a data modeler for artificial intelligence. Exactly, it's
0: a moving target, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, but what we do know is that no matter what, we still need chartered accountants, we still need lawyers, we still need architects, we still yeah. need uh, um, um, specialists, doctors. So there are two ways of looking at this. Jobs that will continue to be needed by civilization and jobs that is needed in the future by civilization. And if we are smart in terms of identifying or suspecting which one's which, we can do our jobs
0: better. Ibrahim, thank you so much for joining us today. Don't be a stranger. I hope we can get I you back soon. I don't soon. know, man.
1: It feels feel so like at home. <laughs> and it's so surreal that I'm the one answering the questions instead of asking the questions. It's just so bizarre. We
0: need to spend more time with you as we unpack the progress of Yayasan Penaraju over the coming months ahead on The Breakfast Grill. Ibrahim Sunny from Yayasan Penaraju, Penideka Bumiputra I'm Phil C, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.